Ladies and gentlemen, I am back. Welcome to the Scottish Clans podcast. I'm sorry I've been away so long. I'd like to say it was a it was a good time, and some of it was. Anyway, glad to be with you. I've been thinking a lot about this podcast while I was away, and I'm looking forward to jumping back into the swing of things with you all. Now, a lot of you have reached out to me uh, via Facebook, mostly, and I would I feel like I'm so far behind that I'm going to might have to make a separate episode of listener feedback for the likes of Katie Viney, Tyler James Berkeley, John Anderson, Scott Hamilton, Kevin McGlashan, Krista Hazel, Tim Hannon, Elmer McWilliams, Arden Halligan, Kelsey Slanker, Nicholas Merritt, um, Claudia Wilson-Howard, Thomas Nesmith, Robert Forrester, I think we're getting into, and Clive Wilson. I think after that I may have, I may have had some feedback and, and we're getting now back into the, the last episode. But I'll double check that and make sure I don't leave people out. There have been a lot of, I mean, I'm, I'm flattered that some of you noticed like, hey, what, what the heck, you haven't been doing a podcast for a while. When's the next one coming? Hey, are you still there? So I really appreciate that. And, uh, and yeah, so I had some adventures. I went around running around in the woods of Louisiana at the Joint Readiness Training Center, my unit, which is a civil affairs unit. I, I've, I think I've failed to mention that, maybe. Anyway, I had some of my soldiers who thought it'd be cool to my fellow soldiers, not not my soldiers necessarily, although some of my team was involved in this. We were cleaning weapons one night, and they decided to get my podcast rolling. <laughs> and it was the introduction one, and I just the introduction one was very brief. the The goal was not to go into a ton of detail on myself, and I figure some of that information just kind of leaks out as we go along, episode after episode, and we just kind of get to know each other through the months and weeks and years and uh, we've been doing this for I've been doing this for over a year now anyway so I was pretty brief in that introductions episode and some of them were pretty put off by the fact that I did not specifically mention my civil affairs unit so anyway that's what I do in the army I'm in the civil affairs if I have never mentioned that in any of the other episodes we are down in the Fort Polk Louisiana the Joint Net Readiness Training Center supporting the 1st Brigade of the 10th Mountain Division and yeah, we ran around with them in the woods for about a month. Well, they had a, about a week on the front end of it, in the planning phase of it, and then we were out doing operations for a couple weeks, and then, and then uh, about a week to come out of the field and and recover and get all our stuff turned in. Anyway, and then I came home, and then I had about three days, and then I had to push back out for a four-day drill with my unit because the unit that I was in. Fort Polk with was I was covering down for gaps in the roster of another company within our battalion so I wasn't actually with my regular company and I and I was in there with some good dudes and I'm grateful for the the people that I got to know a lot better through that and there were some people some other people from my company that were also helping out down there so I went down there with some people I already knew but got to know, know some new folks and some great soldiers and yeah, anyway, there's um, some suffering for sure, 
but definitely when you suffer with people, you come together. And I, I think that that would be for sure true of a lot of these people that we've been studying about with all these military campaigns. Look, you don't eat really that well. You don't get a ton of sleep. Sometimes you have to sleep in poor weather conditions. And you know what? When you and then you, and then when it gets serious, you know, and you see some people die, and it's and all that other the ravages of war. But just the day to day suffering, just the misery of not living in your comfortable, familiar surroundings. Just that kind of suffering can bring you together. Let alone the more traumatic stuff. So, anyway, I was out doing that, and then I, so when I came home, I actually drilled with my unit for four days, and so now I've just been trying to get my feet under back underneath me. I've been. Uh, it's anyway. I've been roaming around having adventures, and I'd love to tell you stories about them. But that's probably not why you dialed into this podcast. Now, like I said, there's so much to talk about, and and in preparing for this podcast, and and getting ready to tell this story, I I dug into so much more information that I just want to keep going with. But I'm going to have to keep it brief tonight. Because I do get up pretty early for work. Yep, I have to go back to being a responsible adult and continue to bring in some some uh, income to the family here. We're still in this in-between phase where I'm planning on going down to have more military adventures in January. But it, that should be conditions where I can continue to roll the podcast because it's not even anything near what, what we did in Louisiana. So... I'm I'm preparing to to share the story of the Battle of the Shirts, Blar Nalenia, with you, and I'm excited to do this pretty pretty interesting story. It's it's kind of tragic, but at the same time, it it illustrates a lot of what was going on in this part of the Highlands. Now, the setting for this is the Great Glen. Now, if you if you're not familiar with the geography of Scotland. If you look at the highlands of Scotland, it looks like there's a big gash that runs northeast to southwest, and that's actually where we have the famous Loch Ness, of the Loch Ness monster fame. And anyway, there's but the the Loch Ness doesn't occupy that whole. It's it's basically a big fault line that runs through Scotland, and the Loch Ness does not occupy that whole glen. There's a glen, or there's another loch just to the farther. I don't know if it's upstream or downstream, which way the water flows there, but the uh, to the southwest of Loch Ness is another loch called Loch Lochy, and it is at the head of that loch. At, I believe it'd be the northeast end because it was near Lagan, which li- lies at the northeast end, that this battle occurred. And in order to tell you about this battle, I'm going to have to give you a little background, and we're going to have to learn about some of these clans, which I'm excited to tell you about. All right, so the the two main parties, there are other clans involved, and we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit, but not a lot, is we've got the McDonald's of Clan Rannell, and then we've got the Frasers. Now, if you notice that I'm, as you listen to this podcast, you'll notice that I often, like right there, I did not say Ronald. I said Rannell. I'm trying to maintain closer to the original Gallic pronunciation. You don't have a D in in Ronald. Now, Ronald does come from an old Norse name, something like Roggenwalder. I'm probably just completely butchering that, but there's a there's a D in the original Norse name, but they don't use it in Gallic. 
It's just R-A-G-H-N-A-L-L. And then you'll also notice that when I'm saying the, the name McDonald, I usually leave the D off the end too. Now, unlike Ronald, Donald never did have the D on the end. Now, some people say that that's because of a misunderstanding, like a, you know, when we bring words into English from other languages, we usually butcher them. And so somehow a D crept in there. Another possibility is that when they're writing that name in Latin, in order to make those Latin endings fit right and sound right on the end of a name, sometimes you see other letters creep in there. So it could be a couple of those different factors. Anyway, so I'll, but if, you know, if I was talking to a person whose name was McDonald and they go by McDonald, I'd have the courtesy to say their name how they say it. But when talking about the clan as a whole, I, I like to kind of lean toward the Gallic pronunciation. Now, I don't get crazy with that, and this isn't a Gallic language podcast, so it's just a, it's just a quirk, so hope you, hope you don't mind. All right, so we have the McDonald's of Clan Rannell and the Frasers. I'm going to give you a brief line of where the McDonald's of Clan Rannell go through. I'm going to give you a little bit of a genealogy here. So if, if it's kind of dry, bear with me. I just want to set some context, okay? And then I'm going to do, and I'll give you a little background on the Frasers. So in the 1100s, and I've talked about this gentleman before, you have a warlord named Sourla of Argyle. And some people anglicize that name as Summerled. Now, Sourla had five sons, but two that were important to this story, and actually just one, but the two that I'll mention are Dougal and Ronald. Dougal is the ancestor of the MacDougals, and Ronald is the father of two more sons whose names were Rory and Donal. So from these, you have the McRorys and the McDonalds. Now, the McRorys their importance kind of fades back to where they don't, you know, you get into the 1500s, 1600s, you're not hearing a lot about the McRory's as a prominent kindred at all because they fade out, and I'll explain how that happens. But their uncle, Dougal, is the ancestor of the McDougals, who also f- are greatly diminished in power after they side against Robert the Bruce, and he becomes the king, triumphant, and remembers who sided with him and against him, and the McDougals suffer accordingly. So, the the kindred that is descended from Sorla that rises to the top is actually ends up being the most junior of all, and that is Donal, the ancestor of all the MacDonalds. Donal has a son named Ennius Moore. Now, we all often anglicize the name Ennius as Angus, so Angus Moore has more sons. One of them is Ennius Og, and he is not the senior, but from him we have Good John of Isla. Or John is, is not John in Gaelic, it's Yoin. So Yoin has two wives. The first wife he married was Anya McRory. Now she is from the McRory kindred, so she would have been a distant relative of his. Now, he had three sons with her, but he had the opportunity to marry into the rising star of the Stuart clan. And so, yep, it's true. He marries Margaret Stuart and thus inserts himself very closely in with the leading kindred in the whole nation of Scotland. Now, keep in mind, Scotland and the concept of Scotland at this time period is quite a bit different than what it would become in later years. 
anyway, um, it was it was an advantageous marriage. As Anya, his his advantage of marrying Anya, there's she was not without an influential background. She is the heiress of the McRorys. The McRorys are without a male heir. And so through marrying Anya, or sometimes anglicized as Amy McRory, he inherits basically all of what the McRory territory was. And so and then he had those three sons from her, and then he marries Margaret Stewart. And with her, he has Donal, who would actually inherit, become Donal, Lord of the Isles. So th you can see the inheritance goes, the main inheritance goes through this line. Also, to, with Margaret Stewart, he has Yoin Mor Tanishja, and he is the ancestor of the McDonald's of Dunyveg. And then another son from the marriage with Margaret Stewart was Alastair Karach, who becomes the ancestor of the McDonald's of Kepek. All right, so back to the marriage with Anya McRory. Through that, through the three sons they have there, they have Godfrey, Ronald, and Yoin. And it's through Ronald that we get the McDonald's of Clan Ronald and the McDonald's of Glengarry. And that's through another branch. We're concerned with the McDonald's of Clan Ronald. So Ronald has the three sons, Dougal, and, and there, there actually might have been more than this. I was ch really trying to focus in and keep it focused to the, the genealogy that we're concerned with. So this isn't meant to be a comprehensive explanation of the McDonald tree here. So Ronald has Alan and Dougal and Donal. All right, through Alan, he has a son named Rory. And so now, now we are officially into the clan Ronald. They are a separate kindred. Rory has a son named Alan, and Alan is a hard charger. He's involved in a lot of stuff and becomes a, kind of the bane of his enemies. They... Uh, Anyway, that goes into a longer story, and the story is not about him. He has this this Alan. He marries two different women. This is really important. Okay, now now we're really dialing in on the main issue here, and how we get to the battle of the shirts or Blarnalania. So Alan, with his, I believe, I believe it was his first wife. He married Florence, who was the daughter of Macian of Ardnamurchan. So it'd be kind of a bit of a story to go back and talk about how the Macians of the Macians or Macioans of, of Ardnamurchan tie into this tree, but that's she's a distant, distant cousin of his. And with her, he has two sons, Ronald Bain. And by the way, Alan really likes the name Ronald, and maybe it's just because it's the clan Ronald, but I counted f three, three kids, three sons that he named Ronald. Two of them were by the same woman. I don't know if the other one didn't live long. I didn't. Once again, I'm trying to keep this focused. Ronald Bain would inherit the chiefship, and he would become Ronald Bain of Clan Ronald. Then he has a son named Dougal. Now, Dougal turns out to be a tyrant. He, yes, he does get the chiefship, but he ends up being no good. And here we have proven that. If you become the chief of a clan, you can't just do whatever you want, whenever you want. You do not have absolute power. Go back into the previous episodes we've done. We explained the the clan council and the denuwassel, the the leading kindred of the clan, and the and the episode we did on the tonistry, 
and how the next clan chief is elected. And it, you, you just because you're the oldest son of the chief does not mean you have it all in the bag and you just can take that for granted. Dougal was a tyrant. He was assassinated, and his his and his posterity was left out of any kind of inheritance as far as leadership in the clan was concerned. So. Sorry, Dougal and Ronald Bain, the dad. Okay, so who does the chiefship go to next? It goes to Alistair, who is another son of Alan with his little wife, Florence McKeon of Ardnamurkin. So Alistair, he has the chiefship of the clan, and then he, he does his thing for a while, and he dies. Now, here's where the, the contention happens, because Alan married a later wife named Isabel Fraser who it looks like was the sister of Hugh Fraser of Lovett. Okay, so let's talk about the Frasers for a second. Who, do the, who are the Frasers and where do they come from? Because I don't believe that I have done an episode on the Frasers. The Frasers are a, they're a Norman family. There's a little bit of a debate about where the actual name Fraser was it Frazelier, was it... Uh, was Frazel there's a there's different places but they they think the most likely hypothesis here is that they're a Norman clan that originally come from Anjou in France and they likely came to Scotland so they so they came with probably originally William the Conqueror into England how do they get from there to Scotland probably under the reign of King William also known as King William the Lion. That had to do more with his heraldry than it did with his ferocity in battle. So, and that's, that's conspicuous because a lot of the Norman families came to Scotland during the reign of David I. I've talked about that in previous episodes, but it, it looks like the Frasers come into Scotland under the reign of King William. They descend from... Simon Fraser, the first recorded Fraser in Scotland. And if you learn about the Frasers more and more, you'll learn that Simon is a very popular name among them, just like Rannell is a very popular name amongst the McDonald's of Clan Rannell. Um, also, I saw something weird in the Wikipedia article. Yeah, you know that I checked the Wikipedia articles. I saw something weird about the ancestry there, their origin. Like they're supposed to descend from some Gaulish tribe who used the strawberry plant as a badge, and the fraise in French is a strawberry. And guys, I don't even know why that's on there. Why? Why do we waste time and put that on the page? That they're descended from some Gaulish tribe. Like we even know what badges the Gaulish tribes used. The strawberry, whatever. Okay, I'm just, I'm just not buying that at all. So. So there's the Frasers' background. And so they settle in the lowlands, and one of them ends up getting land up in the highlands. It's, uh, it's not meant to, uh, if you want to read up more, it's, it's super easy to find more information on that just through a Google search. Anyway, they end up, there, the Fraser territory in the, in the highlands ends up being um, the... Long, so when I remember I was talking about the Great Glen earlier, sorry, I was distracted there by something. You have the Great Glen and the Fraser Territory. They actually gained territory on both sides of um, Loch Ness. And so they're right in there. They have their, 
their territory is also butting up against the clan grant and the now I, when I say the clan grant I mean the grants of Glen Morriston which is a branch of the grant clan the chiefly line of the grants are the grants of Frookie. I, I hope I'm pronouncing that right anyway so they they come into line here a little bit later now if you want more information on those grants keep in mind that they are they were part of the episode that I did on the the clan cluster episode on the Sheel Alpen the clans that descend that claim descent from Alpen the father of Kenneth McAlpin now I did have a rec- uh, request from somebody to do an episode all in the grants and so hey don't worry about that they I did mention in a previous episode that I do believe that they are a, an underrated or underrepresented in history clan so I would like to dig into them a little bit in the future but I have they are mentioned in the Shiel Alpen clan cluster me- episode I don't have the episode number out right of the top of my head but all my all my episodes are titled so it shouldn't be too hard to to find that if you look back in the episode list okay so those so the Frasers and the McDonald's of Clan Ronald there's other clans that come into play here but the the main point here is that well and I'll get to those which other clans come in there but the con- main conflict is between the McDonald's of Clan Ronald and the Frasers okay so let's get back into this how this comes about so you have Alistair McDonald of Clan Ranel, who is the son of Alan. He dies, and you have this other. So his father, Alan, had remarried in Isabel Fraser, the sister of Hugh Fraser, Lord of Lovett. Those two, and this is where I kind of got down that that branch of the conversation about the Frasers. Isabel Fraser and Alan have a son named Ranel. Now Ranel has spent a lot of his life with his mother's side of the family, the Frasers, and so he was called by his McDonald kinsman, Ronald Galda, meaning Ronald the Stranger or Foreigner. When Alistair, his brother, dies, this is where we have Hugh Fraser and Ronald Galda see an opportunity. Alistair had passed the chiefship on to his son, Yoin, also nicknamed Yoin Moidertach, because he was a Moidert man. When you see that A-C-H on the end of a Gallic word, a lot of times that means a man from wherever. So if you're a, 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 Gregor, a McGregor man, you'd be a Gregorach, or a Donalach, or a Alabanach if you're from Alaba, right? A Scotsman, basically. An Eirenach if you're from, from Ireland. So Yoin Moidertach is Alistair's son, and this is where the chiefship goes to. Now, Ronald Galda brings up the claim that Yoin Moidertach is illegitimate, therefore he can't receive the chiefship. Now, was he illegitimate? I don't know. But that's what the claim was that Ronald Galda and his uncle Hugh Fraser are making. So keep in mind that Yoin Moidertach would be Ronald Galda's nephew. So you have this this friction here. Now, Ronald Galda can't do a lot, and this is an interesting part of clanship. 
It's hard to press your claim to a territory if you don't either A, have a superior military force, or B, have a very strong kin base in that area. Another example of this would be the McDonnell, the McDo the McDonnell of Isla pressing his claim as the Earl of Ross. Okay, yes, he, and he eventually, even though it didn't work out well at the Battle of Harlaw, which I did a whole episode on, later on he does get the title Earl of Ross. But it's hard to get anything done there because he doesn't have much of a clan base there. He's not one of the, the, the McDonald's are not a major kindred in Ross. So he's only as effective as he has a fighting force to impose his will in that area. And the same concept plays true here because Ronald Galda, the, the main base of his, his father's side of the family, are loyal to Yoin Moidertoch. He was the popular leader. He had the, the kin base behind him. So it, even if Ronald Galda's claims were true, he doesn't have the weight of his own kinsmen. And, and so he can only enforce his claims as the chief of the clan Ronalds if he can move in there with a the superior fighting force. Now, the opportunity presents itself when Yoin Moirotoch is taken captive by the crown and held a prisoner. In his absence, here's the opportunity. Hugh Fraser, Ronald Galda, they, they bring a force and they move into Clan Ronald territory. Now, what is Clan Ronald territory? Well, it's, if you take that great glen that I was talking about, you look at a map of Scotland, you find out where that line is. A lot of their territory was to the west of that and up up to including the the seashore and then also clan ronald they controlled the uists north and south uist in the outer hebrides so their their territory extended way out about as far to the west as scotland goes to the north of the uists you have lewis and harris they're controlled by macleod kindreds but not not a lot in the Atlantic farther west than that until you get to, uh, I mean, in a straight line west from that until you get to Canada. Anyway, so they that's kind of the McDonald of Clan Ronald territory. So it's west of the Frasers, and I don't know what Hugh Fraser saw. I don't you know, I don't know if there's some territorial ambitions for him here in backing his nephew Ronald Galda. Anyway, while Yoin Moitertach is in prison they move in there and try to take over. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay, well, guess what? Yoin Moitertoch gets out of prison, and he comes back there, rounds up two other kindreds. One of them is related. It's another branch of the McDonald's. It's the McDonald's of Kepik. And I, and I briefly touched on where they come from earlier. The other clan that's involved in this is the Camerons. So... Are the, are the Camerons? No, I'm talking about a single kindred, so it'd be the kindred is the Cameron kindred. Just trying to make sure I'm speaking correctly here. It's enough that I have sometimes a pretty country accent. At least I can use correct grammar. So, so Yoin Moitertoch gets back from prison, and Ronald Galda, his uncle, has tried to move in and take over things. So he rallies up the McDonald's of Kepik and the Camerons, and they move into Fraser territory and start laying scunion. They start, they start doing the regular pillage and plunder, moving through, burning houses down, stealing cattle. I mean, it's a no-kidding, old-fashioned raid. 
Okay, and Ronald Galda and Hugh Fraser, they're just not strong enough to hold that territory. And I believe even in the meantime that Ronald Galda had got legal title from the crown to have that territory. He just could not hold it. He had to be able to hold it with his military might. And when Yoin Moiter talked out of prison, Ronald Galda was not strong enough to hold that, even though he held legal title to that territory. All right, and the the clan Ronald is behind Yoin Moitertoch, so he has that kindred support of the natives in that area. That's a big, big deal. So he takes it back into Fraser territory, starts burning things down and driving cattle off and killing anybody who stands in his way. Now here's where other clans get involved. You have the Gordon Earl of Huntley, who has a hand in this territory back in there. He, he actually is, I don't know where the line of jurisdiction was between him and the Campbells. Maybe it was the Great Glen. And that's something, it's probably information that's way out there and easy to get, but I, I can't study everything in preparation of these, and it, I'd have to wait months in between episodes, and it would be no fun. So just suffice it to say that the Gordons, okay, you've heard me talk about how big of a deal the Campbells were, and I spent three episodes, it was at least three, talking about the Campbells. They were such a big deal. I'm here to tell you that the Gordons operated on a similar level of power. The Gordons were huge. And it's interesting, the Gordons are, to me they're an interesting clan because they're, their seat in Huntley, it's a low, they are lowland lords. They are, they are lowland aristocrats. But they have a lot of dealings in Gallic, in the Gallic Highlands. So I just, I kind of always wonder about them. And, you know, and I, you, got, you can't think that this, oh, once you're out of the mountains, Gallic's not spoken. Now I'm not claiming that the Gordon chiefs spoke Gallic, but, man, they had an awful lot of dealings in Gallic territory to not. So I don't know. I'm not, I, I think the Gordons are deserving of their own episode or series of episodes in the future for sure. Now, they have dealings here. They're trying to keep the peace. So rather than just let Yoin Moitertach and his Kepik and Cameron allies just run amok through Fraser territory, the Gordons come in into the picture with a fighting force amongst whom we have the Grants and the Macintoshes. Now, the Gordons never actually have to fight. The Yoin Moitertach understands that this is a force that he probably doesn't want to fight. It's a, like I said, Gordons are a big deal. He probably, I don't know how many men he brought in there, but, but Yoin Moitertach and his allies left Fraser territory as this superior force moves into the, into the area. They go back and he drives on being the, the, the clan chief of the, of the clan Ranel. Alright, so, so the, Gordon, with the point made and with things looking like they're kind of settled, he turns around and leaves. Now, you, you know that when the Gordon's showing up to settle the peace and the Frasers are the ones who are getting the tail end of things, you know they'd link up with the forces of the Gordon. So they are part of this greater force. Now, so as the Gordons leave, they have to go by, back through a different way than what the Frasers take. Now keep in mind, so the force that would be with the Frasers are 
the Frasers themselves, and Ronald Galda and however many he had. Now this force would have numbered close to 400 men. And so they start going back along the Great Glen, and they're going along what I think is the southeastern shore of Loch Lochy. The chiefs of the Grants of Glen Morriston and the Macintosh chief meet up with Hugh Fraser and Ronald Galda and say, look, when the Gordons took off, McDonnell, the Yoin Motortalk, his men, the McDonnells of Kepuck and Cameron, they turn back around and they're, they're shadowing you on the other side of the lock. Just to let you know that heads up and we'd also like to offer the services of our men to fight with you. Now, here's the deal. I'm running out of time. I've got work and it's late. <laughs> so, guess what? Yes, I'm going to do that. I am going to leave you hanging. So, we're going to continue this episode in a part two and where we're actually going to get to the battle, the, the Blarnalenia. So, come join me, join me, and I'll try to, you know, if I can, I'll get this out this weekend, but I'm not making any promises, but I am excited to tell you the rest of the story, the Battle of the Shirts. Why would it be called the Battle of the Shirts? Maybe in the meantime, you look it up and study up on it and, uh, and come back and make sure I tell the right story. Anyway, thank you for joining me. I hope you didn't give up on me. The fact that you're listening to this means you didn't. For those of you who've been following the episodes and were wondering what the heck, how come this guy dropped off the face of the earth? Look, Facebook's turning out to be a great way to communicate with me. Now, I'll admit, I did not get to, usually my phone tells me if somebody reached out to me on Spotify, or on Podbean rather. Spotify hasn't really been any of anything of a communication platform. My the episode this podcast is on Spotify, but I usually don't communicate through that. I'm just going to check really quick. I've got my phone up. Manage comments on my Podbean app. And yes, I do have some some comments here which I'll have to get into next time. Well, not next time. Next time I'm going to finish the story, and then maybe the, the one after that I'll get to listener feedback. Or maybe I'll take a little chunk out of listener feedback at the beginning of the story next time. I don't know. But stay tuned. Thank you for those of you who did not give up on me and, and are tuning back in. Thank you if you're a new listener. Thanks for joining us. If you've got uh, more interested or another question on the McDonald's of Clan Rannell or the Frasers of Lovett, Reach out on Facebook, on the Scottish Clans Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash clans of Scotland. Also, you can reach out on the Podbean app or podbean.com. You can find the, the Scottish Clans podcast on there. One more way you can reach out is on the Apple Podcasts. You can leave me a review, and you can in, have a chance to write a comment on there about the podcast. And in there, you can actually ask questions, and I check those as well. So thank you once again for listening, and I'm sorry I couldn't get to the whole story tonight, but uh, I hope I gave you, set the stage well. We got some good information on the McDonald's of Clan Rannell, where they come from, how they connect with some of the other branches, and their relationship, and, and why we're getting into this fight here. It's basically a succession fight between Ronald Galda and Yoin Moitertach. 
that the Camerons, the McDonald's of Kepik, the Frasers, they all get pulled into this. So how does it turn out? I hope you'll reach back to me next time. This The next episode will come out in 7 to 10 days, but maybe even sooner than that. Thank you for joining me, and until next time, I hope that everything goes well for you and you have a happy life.